you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tyros Akabal. Welcome, Tyros. Hey, Mads. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Looking forward to being here. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to our conversation as well. It's definitely going to be a little bit different today. It's going to be a lot about data and data science and all this good stuff. But just before we jump into it, there's people around the world who don't yet know who you are, and we need to change that. So would you mind doing a little bit of an introduction and share with the world who you are and how you ended up where you are right now? Sure. Um, so, you know, my background in software engineering, I, I went to school for software engineering and I, I found myself in Silicon Valley in, in, in 2010 as a, uh, a software engineer. And, you know, very, very quickly, I realized that it wasn't for me, uh, you know, having Google go optimized to be one point, one second faster is super important, but not something I was personally interested in. And back in, back in, in back in 2010, 2011, no one in the Valley was thinking about data or talking about it. And I had this opportunity to work with a product manager um, and, you know, a distributed computing framework, which helped Salesforce uh, analyze metrics from logs. Um, and that was, you know, very much the start of the data revolution before, before data engineering was even on the map and got to be one of the first data engineers at Salesforce back then. And, you know, since then I've stayed very, very narrow to my lane. Um, most recently, I led data for WeWork. Uh, we built a 100% data team, supported 15,000 employees. And at the beginning of COVID, I found myself on a 10-day vacation to Bali, Indonesia. And as soon as I got there, the world locked up very, very quickly. And I, I, I sort of got to spend two years living on a tropical island, uh, which is now home. And uh, yeah, 5X, the company which I, which I, I have recently founded, uh, was born in COVID um, in Bali, and um, I'm speaking to you right now from Medellin, Colombia. Excellent. Well, it sounds like we are faring around some of the same places, so that's good. So that's been been quite a journey, and uh, yeah, super super interesting background as well. I mean, I, I think many of the entrepreneurs I talk with, they kind of jump very much from a typically a boring day job straight into entrepreneurship, but you've had the opportunity to, to do some very interesting jobs at, at some of the new and hip companies around. Uh, so that's that's super interesting. How, how do you feel that have helped you in your entrepreneurial journey, kind of seeing the inside of, of some of these uh, relatively well-known businesses? You know, I think, um, I think, you know, before jumping into entrepreneurship, my... I was fortunate enough to get the experience to kind of figure out how these big companies are doing it. But I think very often you have this notion that, you know, these big companies have it all figured out and they're executing perfectly, which, you know, as we all know, that's not really true. Um, but, you know, spending time in the weeds um, at different levels to kind of see, you know, how the source is actually made uh, was sort of really valuable, right? In some ways, you know, both WeWork and Salesforce at times were hyper, hyper growing companies, um, which were growing much faster than is typically you know, expected. And 
with that growth, you, know, you, you really start to stress test any system, whether it's HR or finance or people or engineering. And um, in some ways, stress, test, stress testing these systems is a luxury um, which hyper-growing companies get to see. So to kind of be involved and see what goes wrong at scale uh, is extremely valuable. And I think that really helped shape a little bit of um, of 5X and kind of what we do. Yeah, totally. And and I think, I mean, my background is in big companies like Xerox and IBM, so a little bit more traditional. But I, I, I think one of the key things for me at least is that, you know, building a company, I mean, I've built a couple of companies to over 100 people now. And, and the, the whole thing is that, you know, I, I was lucky enough to manage hundreds of people working with IBM. And like without that experience, I don't think I would have gotten to anywhere near where I am today without that yeah. background. Right Now, not saying you can't, but just saying yeah. it typically takes a lot, lot longer just because you need to learn to make all the mistakes from scratch, yeah. right? Absolutely. So. And making the mistakes on like somebody else's dollar is so much more forgiving and so much more valuable than trying to do, trying to do it while you're bootstrapping your own business or... Um, you know, working on investors' funds. As I said to say, making the mistakes and getting paid for it is uh, much better than making the mistakes and losing a lot of money yourself. So, yep. Excellent. So I'm, I'm super interested in, in sort of the whole data piece because I, I think it's one of those things that a lot of companies have a lot of potential benefit to gain from data in general, right? And I, I think there's a lot for at least some smaller businesses where they can get a lot more both information, but also just uh, valuable data out of out of their their day to day operations. So, do you want to talk a little bit about how 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 data, in your opinion, is is valuable and and how it's best used, particularly in sort of smaller to mid sized businesses? Yeah, sure. So, in no one data is obviously on the uprise, right? And it's not a trend which is gonna fade away. It's very much shaping the future of the world, right? Having said that, no one is doing data for the sake of doing data. You're always doing it as a means to optimize the business, right? To increase revenues, to sell more, make things more efficient. Now, typically, you know, the, the, the sort of question we get asked the most is what can data do for my business? And kind of, you know, four to five, broad areas to kind of start with, right? And most companies, when they first get into it, you know, use the data for your go-to-market strategy. Where are your customers coming from? Which marketing channels are working? Which ones are not working? Um, you, you know, where do we put in every incremental dollar? Which areas do we stop focusing on, right? Extremely kind of variable to understand um, the sort of bigger picture. And, and so typically the data for these, systems lives in discrete places, right? You might have some in Facebook ads, some in Google ads, some through direct referrals, some through affiliates. You know, that's a, a kind of big use case of when you need to sort of centralize data and be able to answer these questions holistically. That's typically where a lot of these companies start from. But other areas are like, who are my customers? How are they using my product? Uh, what are the different types of customers? What are my different customer segments? What's the customer lifetime value? For each segment, how are they using the product differently? Which means how can I tailor the experience of my product a little bit differently for the customers? And a sort of another huge area to figure out engagement and product and sort of customer segments. Then 
you have different areas which are more specialized in your different verticals. So on your sales side, who are my best sales reps? You know, getting one level deeper from not how much this person sells, but for each sales rep, where do they really specialize in? What are their sort of areas of weakness? For each new incoming lead, what's the best sales rep to sort of give it to, right? The same thing inside finance, where a lot of companies have these manual dashboards end of month uh, when they need to sort of figure out how much did they sell, where was the product coming from, supply chain. Uh, data helps you automate a lot of your accounts receivable, payable, automate these dashboards so you don't have manual people there at the end of every month to sort of reconcile these numbers. So, you know, these are kind of the very, very typical areas which we see companies getting started with. And, you know, just like anything else, knowledge is the precursor to asking better questions. And, you know, when you start building these dashboards and getting this visibility, you start asking better questions. And with better questions come better understanding of the business. And with that better understanding, then come the optimization and increased revenue, decreased cost and all of that fun jazz. Definitely what I see a lot is the fact that particularly customer lifetime value. I mean, when you're looking to grow and when you're looking to scale a company, understanding your customer lifetime value, how it's made up and so on, and, and even why it's critical, I think is probably one of the biggest issues that I see with a lot of small businesses, right? Particularly when they're starting to invest in like ads and so on, right? Because you really, really need to know your numbers before you just start firing a whole pile of money after paid advertising and and even even more sort of generic marketing, right? I mean, understanding your customer lifetime value and actually having it as as a critical success metric, because it's one of those numbers that if you can if you can move your customer lifetime value, if you can increase it, it gives you a lot more leeway to work, uh, particularly around competitors who are maybe not as savvy as you are, right? Yeah, totally. What, what's some of you, the best things you've seen around customer lifetime value in general? So where, where some of your customers have used the data to really make some, some big differences? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, in some ways, everyone out there uses data to some extent, right? Like looking at a monthly sales dashboard is also using data. What really we see is that when you start paying more attention to it, you start asking better questions, right? So typically, again, companies will start with, uh, you know, using some available metrics on average, how long the customers last, what's the revenue they bring in. And, and then you start asking more sophisticated questions like for a new customer, you know, there's a much higher chance of churn, much lower customer lifetime value. But if we either have them stay in six months, you know, then we see that churn rate decreases by 60% and the customer lifetime value really shoots up. Or if they start buying a second, a second category of product from us, churn percentage really decreases, right? So then you start kind of changing the game of, of actually, you know, instead of just a basic generic calculation, how do we start changing user behavior and pushing these users into different segments, which will you know change the dynamics of what's kind of happening and you know these are the type of questions we want you know our our clients and just in general people in the industry to be asking uh because that's when things sort of start getting really interesting totally and i i think one of the big big things for me is that 
again, splitting up your customer segments, because both when you're looking at churn, but also looking at customer lifetime value and so on, you need to understand where it comes from. Because most people that do look at it, just look at a total number. But if you yeah. look at actually acquisition and look where people are coming from, you might realize that you know people coming in through ads doesn't stay as long as people who come in through a, a different channel, right? You might realize yeah. that people coming in through SEO or, or people coming in through your email list will stay in your, in your funnel and stay a customer for much longer. And therefore, yeah. they're much more valuable. And you, again, it's really important to break that down when you're investing in different segments. So you're not just using the one number. Because again, like I've seen a lot of companies where particularly customers coming in from Facebook ads, where you know they get a bunch of customers in, they do sign up, but they don't stay anywhere near as long as their other customers just because they're not as familiar with the tool or service yeah. and so on, right? So, so having that data can make a huge difference in also how you invest, right? Totally. No, like data, you know, in some ways data gives you knowledge and like knowledge is the precursor for improvement. So, you know, yeah. having one number out there um, and versus, you know, actual visibility into what's actually happening in your business uh, makes you know a big difference and you know there's no here are the five numbers you need in some way right there's no magic formula and the magic formula is you know a few iterations and start basic and you know with the visibility you start asking better questions so it's really just a matter of how do we ensure that we have the right structure the right you know infrastructure needed in order to answer these right questions and then do we have enough cycles of time to let the business mature and to start asking better questions and to increase the understanding of the business so in some ways it's you know there is no right time to start the sooner you sort of start the sort of better sort of results you get yeah and, and also just with tracking data, because a lot of the time people are like, oh, you know, we don't have enough customers yet and no need to start yeah. yet. But the whole thing is that often tracking is not too expensive to get set up, but the yeah. benefits by having the data going backwards at a later stage is often yeah. huge, right? Yeah, you know, and in some ways, I, I fully agree with you. It's not so much about the data volumes, right? People talk about big data, but, you know, there are very few companies which actually deal with large amounts of data. You know, even if you think about WeWork, right? Like for a very, very long time, WeWork had a hundred thousand customers. I can fit that into my iPhone and every single data point around that. It's not like we were dealing with, you know, like that sort of terabytes or petabytes of data. It's more so on, you know, are we tracking all of the right fields which we need to track and are we able to kind of convert that later on? And, you know, tools like Google Analytics, give you something of the bat, but they don't give you user level information. So in some ways, you know, a lot of the stuff out there, if you don't have knowledge on kind of what to do, there's this uphill battle on, hey, how do we collect the right metrics and track this? And that, you know, the other side of the coin is very often, you know, the, the awareness on how to go do it is not, is not, is not common best practice, right? So having, you know, expertise over there makes a big difference, but I agree. Um, sort of getting started even with small amounts of data, um, it's more about getting started at the right time uh, and like having the right tools and infrastructure to get started. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and I think one of the things when you mentioned Google Analytics, a lot of companies have a lot of data 
And a lot of data can be great, but it's also important to look at the right data and look at the right data at the right times, right? So yeah. how, how do you guys work around that and not not overflooding customers with, with lots of data they don't need? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's ever been a founder who hasn't told me that their company is sitting on a mine of data just waiting to be mined and 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 sort of turned into gold. And you know, there's some sort of truth of that, right? Where, you know, we want to collect so much data and we believe it's kind of super valuable. How 5X kind of works is, you know, we always start with the business use case, right? What is that use case which can potentially add a zero to your revenue? Or what is that use case which is kind of super exciting, right? And very often it's a new product or, you know, understanding user behavior better or, or understanding go to market, you know, the very typical examples. And, you know, we start from that use case, kind of work backwards. Great. If your use case was around visibility to go to market strategy, what are the different stakeholders in your business and what are the questions they would want to answer? So as an executive, I want to see the ROI of dollar spend. As a marketing manager, I want to see, you know, at a daily level, how many users came in for one platform. I want to go one level deeper and figure out how, you know, what was the average sort of lifetime value of those users? How long did they last? As an operations person, I want to be able to know how much money we're going to spend in the next two or three months as a finance person, as an operations team. So we kind of, you know, from that large, big, uh, unknown uh, sort of problem statement, we go one level deeper. And from that, you know, we can figure out, great, in order to answer these questions, what's the data we need? Are we tracking it? If not, how do we track it? Now, how do we structure it, collect it, join it, clean it? And then ultimately build out the reporting needed in order to answer those questions, which we kind of defined in step two, which allow us to approach that million dollar problem or billion dollar problem. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So when when you're looking at sort of the inside of this these businesses, and as a coach, that's one of the most interesting things for me is you see the inside of a lot of businesses and how they do things. What, what are some of the things you see in particular that you feel where companies are basically leaving a ton of money on the table. Like what's what's sort of the biggest mistakes or learning points that you see many companies make that others can learn from? I think, you, you know, I and I think you have data on one side and you have intuition on the other side, right? And in some ways it's like the masculine feminine, not saying data is masculine and intuition is sure. feminine, but just using that the sort of analogy of, you know, we all have masculine traits and feminine traits inside of us and everyone's balance of that. And, you know, very often, whichever side we kind of tend to be on, it's easy to be in an extreme, right? So if you're very data-driven, you want everything to be numbers-based. And if you're intuition-driven, you want, you know, you're going to use intuition for everything. And in some ways, it's easier to be on the extremes. And, you know, when you're extreme, it's easier to get more extreme. And, the you know the challenge is always the middle way which is most rewarding and in some ways you can be at a company which is extremely data driven and you know they are asking us to do something for them but in reality what probably serves them more is you know more intuition more being able to take actual quick action and very often we see more of the other way where you know there are a lot of founder run companies which have found success moving from intuition and you know for these companies very often when we start showing them something 
um, they might completely ignore that and stick to intuition. And at some point that's no longer going to serve them. Right. So I think, you know, wherever you are on that spectrum, you know, having the awareness of here's where we are and using data as a tool to, you know, help guide some of the decisions, but not using it blindly to, you know, make all of the decisions. I feel that's kind of a general broad area where a lot of people forget the purpose of data. Yeah, I, I love that because I think, it, like, the, the other thing is that data can't tell you, data can tell you what works well, but it doesn't tell you if you're doing the right stuff. And the whole yeah. thing with your intuition and, and sort of the emotional side of things is, you know, the whole vision piece. So vision is very much driven, as you say, by intuition and emotions, not by data, right? And and sometimes the problem in a business is that the vision, the niche, the the, the whole concept is not necessarily super good. Whereas, yeah. you know, you can stare yourself blind on data and say, oh, we should be doing this, we should be doing this. But if the whole concept of the business isn't super clear, and that's often yeah. the case with many of the smaller businesses I work with, right? If the, if the sort of whole business foundation isn't super solid, then yeah. you're much, much better reviewing that. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that one resonated. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, before we finish, like any any amazing resources out there for people or any any sort of recommendation for you and what you think people should either look at or you know that could be great books or great courses or any anything at all for people who are super excited about this piece. Yeah, so you know what's happening in the space if you look at it on a macro level is that data is here to stay, but the modern data stack is getting more and more complicated, right? We have, there was this massive snowflake IPO, which was the largest tech IPO ever last year. And that was a data company. And, you know, now we have all of these layers around it, right? Layers like machine learning or ingesting data or pushing data back into tools and data quality and observability and cataloging and all of these, these different things. So it's almost becoming, there's more awareness around it, but it's becoming more and more complicated for companies to set up, right? Like, you know, if you think about your average company, which has gone and raised a series A round check or even a seed round check or found some traction, these companies know they have to get into it, but it's getting more complicated, right? So larger companies have these platform teams where, you know, we work, we had 30 people to stitch together the platform and to worry about security and GDPR and compliance and audit and, you know, the, a BI person wants to slice and dice data and a machine learning person wants to run a model. For you know, your typical startup, you're not gonna kind of be able to do this, right? You're not gonna go hire these large teams to go spin this up. So, you know, what 5X kind of, which is the company, you know, which, what we're kind of doing right now is, you know, think of us as that platform team for 95% of businesses where you know we stitch together the stack based on the best tools out there, right? So based on Snowflake or Fivetran or DBT and kind of give you a pre-assembled data stack and you kind of get one monthly bill. So it doesn't matter which tools we're using, you know, we kind of put it all together and kind of give you one monthly bill based on how much you use. And, you know, increasingly, I think um, platforms, I think, we're the, I think we're the first to sort of market there's no one else kind of doing this as yet, but in, in the near future, there probably will be. 
But you know, I feel like this new category in the data space called the managed data stack, which is what we're after, is, is gonna be you know, a way where 90% of companies who are not Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, who are not gonna spin together these teams, but still wanna leverage data, um, it's gonna make a lot of sense for these 90% of companies. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, using something like this is probably the, the sort of right way to get started. Cool, cool. Uh, just in, in terms of your sort of like 80-20, who's your main customers or what, what type of business are, are you working with the most at the moment? Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the 80% will be your typical Series A company that they've proven that they have a business, you know, they've finished the zero to one, um, then, you know, years of business. Now we're either raising more money or now our business goals, if we're bootstrapping is to really scale this up. And now you realize, hey, that data piece is going to be super important in scaling this up, right? Visibility to your customers or go to market strategy. These are the type of things to focus on. Um, so, you know, these companies either, you know, have very small data teams, they might have an analyst or one or two people, um, but, you know, typically these are the type of companies uh, which we're most after. But what's really interesting is, you know, we're speaking with the largest Fortune 50 companies, right? Burger King and, um, you know, large public liquor companies where they've obviously have tried to do data in the past. They might have used Accenture or some of these other platforms, uh, but realizing that you know Accenture is not a long-term solution for your own platform or for your own kind of engineering needs. Um, so you know, even the super large companies are coming. So you know, I think it's becoming more clear that there's this new need in the space, and you know, with the with the rise in popularity of data every company is going to have to do it, right? In some ways, it's like digital marketing. 10 years ago, no one did digital marketing. And then Google came and said, if you don't do digital marketing, you won't exist. And today, every company's got a digital marketing person. And the companies which didn't do digital marketing no longer exist. They've gone and bankrupt. In the same way, you know, in the next 10 years, every company is going to need to do data. And, you know, those use cases I spoke about, about go-to-market, about who your customer's visibility, if you don't focus on those areas, you're just not going to be able to compete in the next 10 years. The only difference is that, you know, in some ways, digital marketing was, had an easier buy-in, right? It's still, uh, you know, there are tools out there, but it's still a people kind of focused business, you know, having someone go spend time on this. Whereas data is a lot more sophisticated. You have infrastructure, you have data engineers, you have different layers of the data stack. So, you know, platforms which kind of are in some ways commoditizing the data stack and giving you the data stack and giving you engineers and, and packaging it all together, you know, these are the big, um, you know, these are the, you know, this is what's going to help us get to having every company having more of a data posture. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much for that. Uh, if people are eager to get hold of you, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You, uh, our website is 5x.co. Um, so it's a four letter 5x.co. And please feel to sort of reach out to me personally at Tarush, D-A-R-U-S-H at 5x.co or even easier, just T at 5x.co. 
to keep it super, super easy. And yeah, we'd love to uh, help and chat and support uh, and support if we can. Perfect. Thank you very much for joining me in the podcast today. That was super duper interesting. And I, I'm sure the audience have a lot of takeaway as well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It was, it was, it was really fun to be here. Excellent. And to the audience, thank you very much for hanging on all the way to the end. We'll be back again next week. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.